Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Sire Studios Digital Network. That's youtube.com slash secrets of the sire, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, twitch.tv slash secrets of the sire. You can always go to secretsofthesire.com or siredigital.com. Uh, tonight, the best comic book summer blockbusters of all time. My interview with rocker Ben Folds, and we go spinning the racks. Got a great Game of Thrones slash Star Wars story to chat about. I am your host, Michael Dolce, alongside my co-host, Mr. Hassan Godwin, Lord of the Radio. How are you doing, sir? Ah, uh, you know what? <laughs> it's Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. These short weeks used to actually be great for me. I used to love short weeks. Um, you know, that's the one thing they don't they don't teach you when you start working for yourself and you work uh, in a capacity that you actually enjoy long weekends when you're working a miserable job is like the greatest thing on the planet. For me, it's actually just one more day that I didn't get any work done. And now I have a (laughs) have to do because I am my own boss and that's a great thing. Uh, But I'm also just exhausted running around with the kids. So there are no short weeks really. No, when you're freelancing because no. every week is every day is an opportunity every day is a day you're not doing something right you right. know no matter what time you take off to do anything it's a day that you you could be doing something else you know? exactly yeah. exactly no exactly but uh, yeah. but whatever the work is paying off uh we are right. growing our subscriber base on youtube I'm very excited that was our, oh. that was our initiative well, it's good. Supposed to talk about that man. no but it's okay i'm i'm lifting the curtain we're, we're trying to get more people on there there's you gotta no... be cool, though, man. You got to be like, man, we don't care about. <laughs> no, I care. I really care. Smash but... that like button if you want. But, <laughs> but here's, here's the only downside to it, right? So, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we have some added exposure on YouTube. We're getting more thumb down, thumbs down. I can't even oh. say it. I don't like that. I only want people that affirm how good we are. I don't want to deal with people that do not think we're our, 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 our dislike to like ratio is uh, underwater. Is that what you're saying? On our, yes. On one of our videos. And it was very disheartening. Mm. Very disheartening. I, I, I'm very sensitive. You mention which video that is. And I'm very fragile. And I don't, I don't <laughs> want to, uh, I, I'm assuming they're thumbing down you. Yes, but still, of course. But still, you know, so it, it, it's just, it's, it's by the way, what are the comments like? Have you read the comments? You shouldn't though, by the way. Well, one, one, I, I, yeah, one was uh, used to some foul language, so I removed the client. Yeah, you know, I removed it. Oh, and you're, oh, and you're admitting to actually removing. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, you know, we can't bing a comment. Listen, man, this is YouTube, man. You gotta be like, you gotta not care. It's like it's how you get a girl in the old days, right? You used to treat them bad, and they used to come around. They used to, you know, they used to like you more. Yeah. You were neglectful, and you, you know, you ignored them. That's yeah, how, that's how you got to do this whole social media thing. You know, I'm usually very good about it, but there is just, you know, it's some, it's funny. Someone could walk up to me to my face and tell me like, I am the worst creator they've ever met. I'm terrible. I'm boring. And I'd be like, okay with it. But some anonymous guy leaves it. That's it. That's that. That's no, no. They didn't, they didn't even have the courage of confrontation. <laughs> that's where the buck stops right there. <laughs> Wait, so, so at the convention, someone's come up to you and said, oh, my God, you're the worst creator I've ever seen. No, actually, usually, Peter, you're pretty uh, – they're, they're, <laughs> they're all kind of pussies, and even if they didn't like it, they're not gonna, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to say anything. <laughs> ha, 
that's, that's why you always that's why <laughs> i usually try to confront people uh you know face to face because right because obviously right. like look yeah at me. all right well go on to our youtube channel slash secrets of the sire if you're if you're watching us on facebook we love Smash you smash that like and button comment on facebook we still love it we're not neglecting facebook we're not neglecting we're just we're just trying to expand uh, any money and uh expand so it's good all right tonight's this is a show call to action go go do it <laughs> yes it is uh all right big week ahead finally we, we actually it's funny we've had we've had a lot of big events we had endgame come out uh, that that took up a lot of our time. Took up a lot of oxygen. In a good in a good way, right? In a good way, it's a, a lot of positive stuff to talk about. A lot of interesting stuff to talk about. So you know, really great to have that kind of content. Uh, followed up immediately by Game of Thrones. Actually, like simultaneously, uh, crisscrossing which, Game of Thrones, which then took up way more oxygen than Endgame. Right. Endgame almost seems like a blip. Yes. To the reaction to Game of Thrones. Yes. That was, that was pretty substantial. Yes. So. But again, you know, just very heavy, heavy stuff. So this week we actually have a nice little lull. The Game of Thrones fire has except ended. For like, except for the fact that Kit Harrington is in rehab. <laughs> yeah. apparently, apparently he does not deal with comments well either. Oh, yes, I guess not. He's not <laughs> out of a job since his Game of Thrones money is not coming in anymore. So. Iro- ironically, we deal with our, with our uh, negative comments the same way though but he just took it to an excess see so. yes well so. we will the more negative that's comes true in, the more that's excessive true. will become that's true uh but yeah so that's got and now we have this like week in between where we've got nothing going on and we've godzilla coming up next week uh a review i, I can you know the reviews are out mostly positive this review from ap for example uh godzilla is back and doing just fine uh, it's a low bar, sure, but at least Godzilla is comfortable with its place in the blockbuster ecosystem. Uh, it's a sequel in the loosest possible sense that requires Why would they minimal... describe it as a low bar? That's kind of... Well, I, so uh, here's, here's what is the... Here, here's the paragraph itself. But Godzilla King of Monsters is a sequel in the loosest possible sense that requires minimal recall from the audience, which is likely a good thing for those whose brains have been overloaded with Game of Thrones, Avengers, and Star Wars... Uh, minutia and mythology. Worry not. Godzilla is here to provide some old-fashioned summer spectacle. No cliff notes required. It's a low bar, sure, but at least Godzilla is comfortable with its place in the blockbuster ecosystem. So it's basically saying, you're going to go in, you're going to expect some monsters to thrash each other up, you're going to expect some really loud noises, some really great CGI, and you're going to walk away exactly happy because you got exactly what you're looking for. And it got me thinking. Ah, that's what they mean by low bar, though. Oh, I bet you you were... Not you were, like they're talking about the quality of the last movie. So this, this movie has to beat the quality of the last movie, which is a low bar. No, it, no. It has to beat the low... It has, it, it's a low bar in the sense of... What's expect, you know, what's the, the, it has to meet the expectation. Right. The level of expectation. Okay. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And we will review Godzilla next week on our show. So tune in again, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Every, every Wednesday night, uh, we do this. We also do some additional content as well. So if you are going to hit that subscribe button, That'd be great. Um, Smash but, that like button. Smash it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, just do it for me. Or, or not do it for me. I don't know. Yeah, don't do it for me because so I don't it, care, man. You've got it, I know. You've got it down pat. You've got your not caring yeah, down pat, I which, I, which, I, which I, I respect. Uh, but, no, it got me thinking, you know, a lot of these movies now, what is a summer blockbuster anymore? There is no summer blockbuster anymore because people are re- releasing movies that would oh. traditionally be – a summer blockbuster at all different times and all different 
uh, dates. Because all the oxygen, you got movies like, you got three million, three billion, excuse me, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, America. Uh, three billion dollar movies like, um, like Endgame. Yeah. And they come out and they just explode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all this build up before the movie comes out. It's all this hype when the movie is out. There's all this talk about all the other movies this movie is going to beat at the box office after it's out. Yeah. So you hear about it like six to seven weeks after it already came out, talking about it still climbing the charts, still, yeah. you know, still conquering the, uh, the, the box office. Right. So, I mean, you don't, and I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a relay race at this point. It's not, nobody's talking about, this is the same thing I, I realized about uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. In the old days, uh, spoiler coming up for Game of Thrones. Uh-oh. In the Watch old out. days, you would see a, a scene like, like bells from the from the episode of bells where uh-huh. you know pretty much decides to <laughs> you know unleash the house she goes nuclear everybody. she goes nuclear yeah exactly she she picks a nuclear option yeah, right yeah and you'd be like oh, pushes the red button this is a terrible decision for this character to make mm-hmm. you know this this is the tragic this is a tragic turn of a character this is a terrible turn but because everything is meta today yeah Nothing is, nothing is, we're, we're, it's, we're kind of discouraged from taking any kind of entertainment on its face. We yeah. all have to look at everything from a meta perspective. Right? right, right. So now, instead of saying, oh man, Daenerys really let us down by making that decision, we just say the writers made a mistake by <laughs> character making this decision. The writers right. killed because they, they screwed up what should have been something perfect. Right. Because in the meta understanding of things, we, we, we consider the writers instead of considering the decisions made by characters that's, as character decisions. That's a phenomenon that has happened only because we're in a message board culture now where everyone now has access to a message board called Twitter, called YouTube, yeah. called Facebook. Yeah. Whereas in the past, you would have these discussions, but they'd be locked in this vault known as a message board, and you'd right. have the exact same vitriol going around. And then you'd have, I don't know, conversations where people were actually in the same room together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah. did, you, did you see that? Oh, yeah, the writers totally yeah, screwed up. Yeah, and then someone would say, be, no, the writers, the writers screwed up. And then you'd have someone else go, like, come on, man, we're just talking about a but show. The, but the know? general public, when they talk to each other at the water cooler, they might mention that too, but it would be, it would be, everything would be contained. It's not contained anymore. So now, no. it, now it just spreads in that sense. But, no, but I mean, the fact that everything is meta is, is why we don't have summer blockbusters anymore. Like we're, we're not talking about the movies that we're looking forward to see. We're talking about how our movies did. It's like a, it's sure. like a day of races. It's, not a, it's like how well our horse ran. It's not really about how good a movie was anymore. It's about... Well, oh, you I'm, said races. Racist, yeah, like, like race. okay. I, I was, I was wondering what was racist about, <laughs> about, the, about this. How would you have a day at the racist? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That's why I was really a <laughs> bing. I, like I wasn't sure. Like it's not a bing. Racist. <laughs> no, I know. I was. All right. I, I was very. All confused. right. You, well, you, well, you kibash that discussion. So move on. So move this on. is what I thought. Let's look back to the previous twenty-five years. Okay. Actually, no. Sorry. The previous. I never look back. I look forward. We're gonna go the back previous thirty years. Okay. A long time. Memorial Day thirty years ago. I'm very young. Yeah. Unfortunately, we both were. Uh, And we and we were and we were and we were were going to the theaters to see some. I don't know what you're talking about, uh, Mr. Dolce. Memorial Day to Labor Day. 
Okay, that is the official definition of summer, right? Right. So Memorial Day weekend, which changes, you know, and that could be, you know, May. Which just I, passed, I accept, which we just enjoyed. Right. Any, any summer May, has officially started. Right. Any May in the 20s, after like the 22nd, I think it is, it can, can be Memorial Day weekend. It can officially count. So any May 20 movies to Labor Day, which is the first uh, Monday in September, that's the official definition, 1989 to the present. We are going to rank the best summer comic book blockbusters of all time. So we're going to keep it in our, in our wheelhouse of comic book movies, which is what we are. We're a comic book movie live stream and podcast. And I, I actually did some research for this. I got I to gotta tell you, this list is not as expensive as you think, right? Because like the, the, immediately what comes to mind? Avengers Endgame? Nope. Came out in April. Infinity War. Nope. Came out in uh, early May. There has been a there's been a, a uh, kind of a, a trend or study on the fact that Memorial Day is now a, a graveyard of movies. Yeah, which is which is incredible because it used to be like this is where you drop your big summer movie. Go back to 1977, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. You know, you had these big. Right, which is these big huge movies. I even looked to see if the prequels would count in our countdown. They came out before Memorial. They came out the week before Memorial Day. Yeah, both like the fourteenth. Yeah. Well, one of them, one of them came out May nineteenth. Yeah. Um, doesn't it doesn't hit the twenties? I told you anything twenties and above, you can you can count because you just don't know when the Memorial Day weekend officially is. But nineteen nineteen is a little too early for me. Uh, uh, and this list that that I got is actually it's it's long, fellas and gals. Uh-huh. Okay, it's it's we're okay. gonna. I, I believe you me. I think we can right off the bat, kind of March Madness style, just just start xing things right off the list, and I don't think we're I don't think we're any worse for it. Okay. Uh, some of these though, is truly a summer blockbuster. Do you want me to go? Do you want me to go? Nineteen eighty nine or two thousand eighteen? Where am I starting? Eighty nine. Let's let's start from the beginning. All right. So eighty nine. The only one I found that would that would be a comic book movie summer blockbuster: Batman. Tim Burton's Batman. June 19th, 1989. Which has to be among one of the best, by the way. Easily among one of the best. Followed up by 1992, Batman Returns. Okay, so mm-hmm. again. Wait a minute, is... they got that out a year later? No, no, three years. Oh, two years, three years. Okay, so 1989, I'm sorry. Yes, I do... yes. Me, me, fail, you... me fail English, that's unmathable. Shots, shots, I got a calculator right here. I'm doing the math. Three years later, and again, chime in on the Facebook feed if I missed anything. Uh, we, will re- we will respond to your comments, and, uh, and mostly with a oops. But these are the most notable ones that I found, actually, for comic book movies. I'll, I'll actually make fun of you, though. That's a good idea. <laughs> Batman Forever. Now, in researching this, I found this juicy nugget from The Hollywood Reporter. Batman Forever is actually a surprise hit, even to the people who made it. Uh, Joel Schumacher came on board after the studio had decided that Batman Returns did not make enough money, even though it made a lot of money, did not make as good as the first Batman. And they were worried about the dark uh, tone of, of Batman Returns and the weird villains and probably the firecracker down the sewer, as we've kind of mentioned on previous episodes. Yeah, which is totally out of character. Right. Yeah. Uh, that it was, it was out of there. So they brought in Joel Schumacher only when he got Tim Burton's blessing. Um, but then he actually said this. They, they were, 
they ended up making 52 million. Somebody told them before it opened, hey, I think you're tracking at 30 million. And the producers all looked at each other going, what is he on crack? We're not going to, we're not even going to come close. This is going to be a, a disaster. And it made 52 million its opening weekend. And it wasn't necessarily for a lack of, they didn't say it was for a lack of quality of the film. Cause I actually enjoy the film. It was the fact that Michael Keaton was supposed to be Batman. He dropped out after Tim Burton dropped out. Uh, he got Val Kilmer. Robin Williams was supposed to be Riddler. He dropped out. They got Jim Carrey. But Jim Carrey wasn't a bankable guy when they were filming this yet because Ace Ventura had come out at the end of 94. So again, they were kind of like, you know, just happened to roll into a roll into that one. Right. And then get this. This is from Schumacher. After Forever's success, I wanted to do The Dark Knight. It was going to be very dark. I remember going to the set of Face Off and asking Nicolas Cage to play the Scarecrow. The studio, and I'm not sure the audience, was in a frame of mind to go too dark with Batman at the time. So it's interesting how our culture has changed, how the socioeconomic political culture makes it absolutely palatable to see Chris Nolan's Batman. For instance, The Dark Knight Rises, which is such a comment on exactly what's happening. You might be able to track that on all the movies. Maybe Batman is one of those things like, like pie. It's the center of the universe. Uh, but they wanted to actually do. So instead of Batman and Robin, the studio is like, go campier. And he... Yeah, more neon. Wanted. We yeah. want more neon. Yeah. And they actually wanted to go the opposite. Thought that was a fun fact. All right. So Schumacher is like abdicating blame for that movie. That's basically what he's doing. He's like, so that, that wasn't my fault. The studio came out. I said, more neon and punch. <laughs> yeah. punch nipples. <laughs> nipples. We want nipples everywhere. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Now, 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 I didn't include Batman and Robin in our summer blockbuster list. And thank you. But because of that, there is a void from 95 to 2000. This is definitely up there on the list. X-Men, July 14th, 2000. And again, remember, wasn't supposed to be this big colossal hit, but what it actually did was kickstart the idea that comic book movies could actually sell. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I mean, I mean it, how, do we, how, do we, how do we calculate that it wasn't supposed to be a colossal hit? What movie is actually made? According, not to, according to expectations. Again, we, we've talked about this before. Expectations. Right are everything in this business. And yeah, but it's but but they're always managed. It's the it's the Ari it's the Ari Gold. Uh they are managed, but the it's the Ari Gold saying, you know, uh, you know, if you're tracking it at fifty and you make seventy, great. If you track fifty and you make thirty, jump off a bridge, you know, and I have to get that quote to be exact because it's not exactly that. But it's essentially that yeah, but I mean it's a little defeating. I mean I, and I understand it. I understand the business. I'm not naive about it. But right. It, it is it is very defeating. It's it's why we live in any kind of meta universe where everybody yes. blames the filmmakers for for bad decisions that characters make. I can understand blaming people for a bad film, right? But blaming blaming writers and and directors for for bad I, character decisions. I, I think I think here's the thing. You I think there's validity to blaming the writers when the writing pops out. Okay, when all of a sudden it takes you out of what you're watching, <clears throat> Avengers Endgame women's scene, <clears throat> like, and, and and you sit there and go, that that's a writer, yeah, that's that's the that's that's a shout out to my boy David Rosenberg who had a problem with that. That's okay. You two guys can have that conversation. Ironically, we just got more thumbs up on YouTube. <laughs> Amazing how that works. No, but yeah, that's, but that's your crowd. When when it, it when it pulls you out of the actual film that you're watching to see something that doesn't strike you as a natural organic turn or twist for that character i can see that 
I do agree with you also, though, in the sense of Game of Thrones. I think it's a little you can you can find the evidence there to where. But you got to understand that the the problem with that that um, science or that that delineation is that if you're talking about a fantasy show or or a fantasy movie where you know people opening portals and whole armies of people come out of holes in in, the, in time space, the the line between credible and incredible it can can you know is is almost undefinable. Yeah. So. It's not, you can blame the writers if you want, but mm-hmm. when, when you're already telling you, like, we're going to do time travel, we're going to go back in time and steal, you know, steal these, uh, these, these, uh, these stones from uh, various different timelines. Spoiler alert. Yeah, please. It's, I, it's, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell how it ended, but we're going to go back in time and steal these stones from various different timelines, and uh, we're going to screw those various timelines up. And uh, we're going to use those stones to create the, you know, to repair the reality that we're living in, regardless mm-hmm. of what happens to the realities that we've stolen them from. That's already a suspension of, of you know, utter logic. Right. And, you know, it's, so if you're going to, if you're on board with that, you know, like a long time ago, I, my, one of my favorite stories, I had a conversation with my uncle. My uncle was a huge, huge, huge comic book fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about uh, the cartoon, like uh, the Too Many animated series, which mm-hmm. he watched, you know, while yeah. was well into his 50s, because that's why he was awesome. And, <laughs> uh, he talked about, uh, you know, like Superman and the Flash had a race. He was like, yeah, they're racing each other. You know, what's ridiculous is that at some, a couple of points in the race, they do these 90 degree turns around these street corners. Can't turn 90 degrees at that speed. But I'm like, you, you don't have a problem with the guy in the cape flying around? And- no, no, I hate that logic. Come on, it, the guy in the cape. You've, you. But that's, I guess, the difference, right, between execution. But if he can, he's already breaking physics. He's already defied. <laughs> I'm not even talking about your true belief for how ridiculous Superman is. Right. But I'm, I'm saying within the milieu of Superman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's okay. Already, he's already. Def- I mean, there's nothing aerodynamic about a man in a cape. <laughs> so I mean, we're already there. So just. Well, are we talking Dean Cain, Superman, or are we oh, talking yeah. Henry? No, we're talking Henry Cavill. No, we're talking about animated Superman. Big yeah. blocks in. Yeah. He's got all this weight up on uh, up on top. You know, yeah. he should be able to fly. He has to fly upside down. Yeah, ridiculous. It's just yeah. ridiculous. So I mean, like that's. I don't understand. I I get it. There are some things that are cringy, but you can't really blame the writers because what cringes you right. doesn't cringe the guy next to you. And if they're trying, if they're trying to be like we're, we're talking about, where they're trying to be meta, where they're trying to get all of us. I think they do a compromise where they're just going to have a moment. Everyone's going to have a moment in the film. Yeah. That gets them. But the whole film is yeah. not going to get everybody, you know? So that's kind of where we are. I'm trying to actually look up if, um, you know, you missed. No, I stopped. I stopped listening actually. Because... All right. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to do a service to the podcast. I'm trying to do a service yeah, to the podcast. I, so was I, because I was I was giving you my broad, you know, robust intellect, and you're you're just ignoring it. But that's okay. That's fine. That's what I. I was just making sure I didn't omit anything in between uh, the '90s. I was trying to see about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but nope, comes out in March. 
That was another movie that wasn't supposed to do well. And your parameters are always too rigid. Like we always run out of material because you're you're you're. Oh no 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 no! There is plenty of material. I literally just want to make sure I am not missing any of these things. But I did my best. I, I swear. I, I do remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I remember how dark the trailer was. Amazing! I love the that. Trailers for, that, were amazing. Yeah. But the movie itself was. I mean, I love. No, that movie was awesome. No, 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 I know. I'm not gonna. Okay. I'm, I love the movie. Yeah. But the trailer made it look like it was gonna be a way different movie. Oh, uh, okay. Trailer, because it was, as you were talking about, about Dark Knight. Yeah. And, about, uh, and this was way before that. It's 1990. Yeah. So this was this was before that. But, um, and I'm talking about like the Joel Schumacher, the mm-hmm. Dark Knight, that mm-hmm. studios wanted. You know, he wanted darker, and the studios wanted lighter. Mm-hmm. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because it was low budget, so they had, you know, it's probably you know, the, the available, the availability of equipment versus lighting and stuff like that. So it, it, they made for a darker movie, Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in, in lighting in, in pitch. Um, it was, it was, a, it was astonishing to us. I was still in high school. Yeah. Astonishing to us. It's like, wow, this movie's going to really be dark. You know, it was a family movie. It still, wasn't. still one of the most casual murder scenes of all time though. Yeah. Casey uh, Jones, oops. It wasn't really casual, though. You know? <laughs> no, it was. He was just kind of like, oh, look at that. I, just, I mean, I just killed somebody. <laughs> I know. But they showed the they showed the shredder to like for ninety minutes falling off the roof. I yes. mean, they slowed that down. They did it in slow motion yes. of him screaming while he's falling off the roof. I'm like that's kind of. Do you like, know watching I just, it now? Is like I wouldn't let my kid watch this. this do you know what I just thought of though? Too like. That? You know, there are so many times in horror movies we're always like, make sure the bad guy's dead. Like, make <laughs> sure he's dead. And, like, Casey Jones actually did that in this movie. He tried until they made a sequel. I never really even thought about that. He is doing what we've always preached. Like, just kill him. Just, just <laughs> shoot him in the face, like, five times. Pull up his mask. We're, always, we're usually yelling that to, to the James Bond villain, so. He's sure. gonna come back and screw your plans up, man. Sure. <laughs> Haven't you seen a James Bond film? I mean, come on. Like, so, no, now you're gonna tell him you're you're gonna tell him the exact inner workings of your plan, and then yes. you're gonna leave him to be yes. elaborately killed by a laser. Yeah, this will not work. Come on, dude. Two thousand four. This is gonna be up there in the top three. Spider Man Two. Doctor Octopus. That's a so that's a Memorial Day movie, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. we're ha- we're not at the point actually of- actually wait 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 no 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 June thirtieth two thousand four it was released. It is a it is the definition of like a summer blockbuster movie. That oh, is the July. Yeah, oh yeah. Memorial Day. Yeah. So- I have a feeling we're going to be competing Batman movies versus Spider Man movies versus Batman movies versus Spider Man movies because there's a lot of we haven't gotten to that part yet though, right? We're no, no. Two thousand five Batman Begins June fifteenth. Uh, <laughs> X-Men Last Stand, May 26, 2006. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Move along now. <laughs> nothing They're to see. Wrong for the entire X-Men series. Nothing, nothing okay. to see here. Even okay. the first one? Even the first one? Even the even first the, one. I thought the first one was, a, was actually... It was a I know, we've had this conversation. Entry. We, should not, we should not retread this conversation, but we've had it. Go check us out on youtube.com slash Secrets of the Sire, and you can see all of our things. Go to secretsofthesire.com. July 18th, 2008, Dark Knight. Incredible Hulk came out that same year, June thirteenth. Uh, that is the Ed Norton version. We're gonna we're gonna move along from that too. I think. Mm. That's, I like that movie though. That was a that was a that was a decent movie, especially compared to Hulk with uh, Eric Bana. <sighs> you know what's funny? 
I rented um, Ang Lee Hulk. Uh, sorry, I, I rented Ed Norton Hulk, and I could not get through it. Uh, I, I forgot to include, by the way, Ang Lee Hulk in 2003. So we did have Ang Lee Hulk in 2003. So I'm going to add that to my list here. Ang Lee Hulk. I actually liked Ang Lee's Hulk a little bit more than I liked. I couldn't get through Ed Norton's. I just couldn't. I think he also liked the X-Men. So, I mean, that explains it a lot. Took, it took two or three times, and I still didn't finish it. I, it. Every now and again, Incredible Hulk is on HBO, and I can watch it, and I mm -hmm. choose not to. I just choose not to. I just couldn't do it. I, and I love Ed Norton. I thought it was going to be great, and, it, and, and meh, meh. Uh, okay. But it's not a bad movie. It's just meh. You see what I'm saying? Like, whereas the X-Men movies are bad. Okay. Brian Everham will fight you on that. Yeah, whatever, Brian. <laughs> One day we'll get him on. All right. Skip ahead. Now, again, I was looking up, okay, when did, Th when did Iron Man come out? Did not come out in the summertime. Uh, you know, Thor did not come out in the summertime. The next... Sure, it does not exist in this dojo. The first... Marvel movie to come out, and it's not even the first one in that year, though, is Captain America First Avenger. My, one of my all-time favorite MCU films. Love, absolutely loved. I could watch that film a million times. Captain America ever. First Avenger? Yeah. July 19th, 2011. Right. It, it followed up X-Men First Class, May 25th, 2011. So that is an official Memorial Day release for the X-Men films. And that was actually a resurgence of the X-Men films five years after Brett Ratner tried to destroy it with X-Men Last Stand. So excellent job, uh, Brian Singer, coming back to the... Didn't like First Class. Come back. Actually, I don't know if Brian Singer directed that. I'm not sure if he did, actually. No, he didn't. No, he, did. Did not he did Days of Future's Past, though. He did. Yes, which he did. Which is also... That was a supposed return to form. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises, 2012. That was a July 20. So all the Batman movies <laughs> were traditional summer releases. So summer blockbusters. Yay, Batman. This one, it, it, this one's a funny one, this next one. And we jump ahead two more years. I doubt I'll laugh. Uh, we have Days of Futures Past. That's not what I'm talking about. That was May 23rd. Again, that was Memorial Day weekend. Days Anything in the 20s. Futures past. Stop saying futures. Days of Future Past. You're saying futures past. And maybe it sounds like it. I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying are. not to. Okay. Like, it's like Daenerys. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the meta you talking yeah. about. <laughs> and, and the meta rules, man. Listen to the meta. August yeah. 1st, 2014. Take a guess which film came out. August 1st, 2014. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? You are bing, bing, bing. Okay, not bing for curses, but bing, bing, bing. You are correct, sir. Uh, that, you, you can tell, it, it's amazing, right? Summer used to be the place you would tentpole your movie that you knew was going to do well versus let's hide it so that, you know, if it doesn't do well, you know, who cares? An August release for a movie that I think it's safe to assume no one expected to be as good and as profitable as it was. Uh, Spawn, you know, which really... You know, after Avengers, you know, we were kind of like, well, you know, okay, Marvel, you, you, you pulled this off sort of, but can you sustain it? And Guardians of the Galaxy was like one of the first entries to really sustain it because dark, dark, you know, Thor Dark World had come out the year before. And it was meh, it was all right. Uh, sorry, Pat Shand. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was the first movie to be like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, all right, this, this Marvel thing's for real now. Like really for real. Like Avengers – was was amazing and it did it did like legitimize what MCU was doing.
but Guardians of the Galaxy proved that okay, Marvel, Marvel's just making movies now. It's not even about you know relying on characters we even know. You know, so that's a that's yeah. that's an epic blockbuster. June twenty ninth, two thousand fifteen, Ant Man. Nice, nice entry. You know, good good film. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to help you there. <laughs> you didn't like Ant Man. I loved Ant Man. Good film. Mm-hmm. But you're always a little condescending about it. So I'm Ant Man uh, Two. Not a big fan of Ant Man Two. <laughs> 2016 was a big summer superhero uh, summer. To repeat myself. <laughs> but look at the two entries we ended up having over the summer: X Men Apocalypse Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, poor, boy. poor, uh, poor Oscar Isaac. Uh, a 47 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> this is one of the reviews. Apocalypse looks like another superhero movie that can't live up to the supremacy of Disney's releases in the genre. Uh, and it's true. Followed by they made they made, they made uh, Apocalypse look like Augustus Gloop. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Suicide Squad, August fifth. So coming out. Didn't mind Suicide Squad. I understand why it didn't do what it what what it should have done. It really wasn't <laughs> designed. It really was was short hamstring yeah. um, from uh, being able to compete in that in that in that market. I mean, by yeah. then Disney was just dominating in the market. Yeah. They'd up the they'd up the ante. Yeah. That even because I mean, Suicide Squad would have been a great movie in the '90s when we were coming up. We would have thought that this is the way you do <laughs> a, a comic book movie. And then you know, I mean, that that's, that, that, should, that should testify to the quality of comic. Right. Movies. That that's like people who who love Greta Van Fleet as a band, and they can overlook the fact they sound like Led Zeppelin because we don't have any other rock bands out there. So I'm gonna love anything that's come out. But Suicide Squad is like. Greta Van, if Greta Van Fleet came out in like the '90s when there was a, you know, a treasure trove of rock bands, Greta, Greta or gets, the, Greta gets cheated badly. I you could know, uh, be a Zeppelin ripoff, but here's the here's the thing about it, and now this is all I'm gonna say about it. Yeah, it ain't easy to rip off Zeppelin. No, so I, even if you are even agreed. are rip off artist, agreed. You're still, you're still punching way above your weight. Agreed. Your, agreed. Who you're trying to rip off. Here's the funny thing about them, just as, a, as a, and as an aside, I actually watched uh, Dan Rather does these interviews on Axis TV called The Big Interview with Dan Rather, and he's uh, interviewed a whole bunch of folks. And he interviewed Robert Plant, and they were showing a lot of vintage footage of Zeppelin in concert, and I go, oh my God, like he even ripped off him just standing there, <laughs> like standing there. Like I watched their Saturday Night Live performance, and I'm just like, man, he doesn't have any energy on stage. And then I watched this Led Zeppelin, and I'm like, oh my God, they... Just that was that. What was that other band way back? Uh, Creed. Late night. Oh, Creed. Uh, let's not even. I'm not. Creed. Nickelback. No, I know. Just shush. I'm trying to think of the actual name of okay. the band I'm talking about. Um, Buck Cherry. Buck oh. Cherry. <laughs> Such a blatant, blatant Aerosmith wannabe ripoff. It, yeah. was, so, it was so blinding. Creed. So like, oh Creed God. is more to Greta Van Fleet though than Buck Cherry because Creed was actually also successful. No, okay, well, Buck no. Cherry, Buck Cherry, everyone kind of saw through them pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is Creed, it's arguable with Creed. They're, right. they're ripping a sound off. Right. But it's arguable that, right. they're, that that's just the way Scott Stapp sounds. He's right. not actually trying to, I mean, Buck Cherry was like literally in, 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 in Aerosmith's cosplay. Right, right. The, you know, so I yeah. mean, it's a blatant ripoff. Yeah. 
like Silverchair. Silverchair is kind of maybe a, a, a Nirvana ripoff, an attempted a Nirvana ripoff. The first record. I mean, first record, yeah. yeah. But Second. I mean, like, and they didn't really get too much credit after that first album, though. Yeah. No, they do. They're, they're one of those underground bands. Uh, they're kind of like Not A Surf, uh, which actually has an amazing underground following. They're the ones that came up with the song Popular uh, back in 1996, and that was you know, where they got their initial following. But they're now like one of these respected underground bands. Silverchair actually has a, t- a huge underground yeah, for audience for their, la- for their final two or three records. But all I'm saying is it's arguable. Yes, right. That they, you know, that they, about their ripoff. Right. I mean, right. There, there are bands like Buck Cherry where it's not arguable. Like, no, you guys are, you guys are blatantly ripping off Aerosmith. So that's the same thing I'll say about Greta. Right, right. Is that it's not, I mean, they, yeah, you are. It's not Dread Zeppelin. You know, you know, which, it's funny. Yeah. Which, which, which <laughs> capitalized on being a, a Zeppelin ripoff, but. You know what it is? They're young enough where you, you just kind of hope they just don't know any better. <laughs> you know, like they're just like, maybe they don't mean, maybe they're not, maybe they're not corporate. Well, it's, it's that argument about, it's, a, it's an argument between the Orville and Discovery, right? Yeah. Everybody, so many people dislike the corporate, the corporatization of Star Trek and uh, CBS putting Star Trek behind a payroll. And then, you know, there's right. other, there's other social issues, there's other political issues as to why Discovery is, is a black sheep. So they exalt um, the Orville. The Orville gets away with a lot of stuff because it's not Discovery. Right. If it was Discovery, if it, there was no Discovery, would the Orville get away with as much as it gets away with? I got to get back. I got to get back into that show. I'm a fan of the show, by the way. I'm not, are... I'm not, I'm not dismissing the show. FYI. But that's the same as Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet gets away with a lot. I know. Because we just don't have I know. good music anymore. I know. So uh, we don't care that they're ripping us off. Shout out to friend of the show, Eric Palicki, who is uh, brothers to Adrian Palicki. Adrian Palicki actually got married to her uh, co-star on The Orville just recently. Happy for those two kids. Seth Green? No. McFarland? No. Okay. I didn't think so. One, of the, other, one of the other guys on The Orville. One of the other <laughs> one of the other guys. <laughs> but congrats to Eric, who has a new brother-in-law. He's very excited about it. All, All right. right, moving on to 2017. Like, this is actually a huge more gifts year. at Christmas. Yeah, yeah right. Someone new to give you gifts at Christmas. Spider-Man: Homecoming, July 7, 2017. Atomic Blonde, July 27, 2017. Not a blockbuster in the largest sense, but it's a superhero-based, it's comic book-based movie. Uh, and it, and it, what was the first unquote, one before Atomic Blonde? Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. Which okay. is definitely up there. And then, of course, there's a big one. <clears throat> June 2nd. So it came out before both of these. Wonder Woman. Mm. It has uh, the highest Metascore of the superhero flicks released that summer. Actually went on Metascore, uh, Metacritic.com. Look that one up for 2017. Wonder Woman was a big phenomenon. Yeah. It was yeah. a very powerful entry uh, into the comic book genre. 2018 had Solo, a Star Wars story, the only Star Wars movie on this uh, countdown. Actually, wait, when did Rogue One come out? Now, now I'm thinking. They, they came Rogue out. Rogue One came in December. It did come out in December, right. The only entry in, the, in this uh, list for Star Wars, because we're cutting off in 1989, Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, and, and arguably why the movie didn't do so well. It's because they took it out of, uh, yeah. took it out of its, its uh, Could be. Year holiday season. Ant-Man and the Wasp, July 6th. So, so we're going to eliminate Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is, it does not even come into the top five here. We're just going to give it – give me in the next two Maybe. minutes, we're going to get this down to top five 
and then we're going to throw it out there. And then maybe, just maybe, uh, we have our topic for next year's March Madness. I don't know. What's your list? So let's say definite, definite list Wonder Woman, right? I think that's definite. Spider-Man okay. Homecoming, I think is definite. In, this is the, our consideration list. Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think definitely. Days of Future Past, I think, is, is qualified enough. Probably won't crack the top five, but I think it's, it's in consideration. Uh, I'm going to bypass uh, the last entry in Christopher Nolan's run. I'm going to put oh. Cap... I'm going to put Cap first Avenger. I think that I think that definitely qualifies in there. What's your metric for choosing now? Just just, uh, just what I think based off of how well it did, plus how good it was. Because depending on how what that metric is, it might have done really well even if you didn't like it. Yes, I agree. But I'm doing both. I'm I'm categorizing both oh, as okay. as 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 a whole. Can we look at it and say? What's no no, no we don't we, we we ain't got time for that. Um, Dark Knight is number six. So actually, let me highlight these so I know exactly which ones we're doing here. Uh, do we count Batman Begins or no? I kind of feel like we're gonna yeah, pick. How's it, it fair on your list in the metrics that you've set forward to to decide? It's a good movie, but it it feels like Ant Man to me. It's a smaller movie. It's a just it's just a good movie. Nothing. Um, so it's I, all preference then because it, it made yes. enough money. Oh, yeah. All right. So now we're dealing with your preference. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely dealing with preference. Um, uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it off. Actually, I'll say this. It's part of a trilogy. We're going to pick the one movie of that trilogy, The Dark Knight. Uh, and, and I think we do a pretty good job at Spider-Man 2, June 30th, 2004. I think that one's a definite one to add there. Uh, I'm going to put the original X-Men on that on that list as well too. That's part of its own trilogy. Yeah, out of all the, with me, so. out of the Tim Burton Batmans, uh, or I should say the nineties Batmans, I think we're going to choose the original Batman. So we have whittled this down to Batman 1989, X-Men 2000, Spider-Man 2, 2004, the dark Knight 2008, cap first Avenger 2011, guardians of the galaxy 2014, Days of Future Past, also 2014, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Wonder Woman. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have we have a top nine. We have a top nine. Don't you want to throw one more in there so we can have an even ten? Do you want X-Men First Class? No. Dark Dark Knight Rises. Ant-Man? No. Suicide Squad. No. Atomic Blonde. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp? No. Solo? No. <laughs> See, all of a sudden, my... my it, you can put Solo on there, but I mean, it, I mean, preferably, Solo's one of my favorite movies on that list. Yeah. I like it, too. Yeah, I like so it, too. Solo on it. So, Solo, I'll make it 10. All right. So, we're all in agreeing Solo is number 10 in this list, then? No, but... It, it is the 10th entry in your list. Okay. But it's not number 10. Solo, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man Homecoming, Days of Future Past, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cap First Avenger, Dark Knight, Spider-Man 2, X-Men, 
original 1989 Batman. Give me five, give me your five movies that would be the top five out of that 10. Batman, 1989, Spider-Man 2, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. That's four. Um, mm-hmm. And Solo. Ooh, you got, uh, we're going to debate on that one. We're going to debate on that one for sure. So no Dark Knight for you? No. I know you don't like that. Okay. See, that's, I think, I think that's where we're going to differ on this because I have, same as you, I have. Dark Knight is a great, great, great movie. It is a terrible superhero movie. (laughs) And I will, I will, I will make that, I will call that from the hilltops till the day I die. All right, go through your list one more time. I'm going to compare with my list. Compared to, um, in, in, in context of superheroes, it, it does not believe in superheroism. And so I, I, I dislike it. I vehemently dislike it for, the, for its meta message. But. Yeah. I'm going to say my top five, Wonder Woman. <sighs> this is tough. This is tough. Guardians of the Galaxy, Batman. Dark Knight, Spider-Man 2. That's my top five in order. What was yours again? In order. Uh, in Batman. order. Oh, in order? In order. In order. Count it okay. down. Batman. Okay, Spider-Man 2. Batman. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wonder Woman and Solo. Wonder Woman and Solo. Okay. Wonder Woman number two? I count for or, the, the Oh, top. you went hell oh, you didn't you didn't count down. Okay, so wait, count down. Count down. So uh solo Dude, solo just, number five. Yeah, solo no. Yeah, solo five. Okay. Um Wonder Woman. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Batman nineteen eighty nine, Spider Man two. So we're in agreement. Spider-Man Two is the best summer blockbuster of all time. I think that, I think that's actually no, 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 no. That was not the parameter. It's the best comic book movie summer blockbuster. Yes, correct. The best comic book movie mm-hmm. summer blockbuster. All right, folks. That was our consensus. Those were our two lists. We'll type them, click, 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 click into the stream. Go ahead. We'll actually do that, and uh, we want to hear what you think. What is your top five comic book? summer comic book movie summer blockbusters of all time keep it within memorial day to labor day 1989 to the present uh we obviously will find out which movies in 2019 get added to this list but not until starting next week all right when we come back my interview with rocker ben folds Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, new fan Craig Caruso, dedicated fans Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, our program director Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan Christina Dolce. Go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire. And of course, as we've been pushing all episode long, if you go to youtube.com slash secrets of the sire, please subscribe. 
Uh, we actually enjoy everything, even the thumbs down. All right, I got the privilege to interview rocker Ben Folds of Ben Folds 5. Oh, uh, it was a tremendous interview. I was allowed, I'm allowed to show it now, and uh, I'm happy to share it all with you guys. Thank you for taking some time out to talk. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, first question I have, you know, what's, what was the impetus behind the new tour? Um, how did you guys hook up with Cake? Um, so just kind of, you know, walk me through that. Uh, I mean, you know, those things are, I like cake and, uh, it was a, it was an idea that the, uh, uh, booking agents had and cake and I, you know, go back a long way. So it was definitely, I mean, something you guys have been toying with for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, there, there, there are a few, uh, there are a few of my contemporaries that I really, really respect and would always uh, always go out and work with, do a thing with, have a beer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, they're, they're on that very short list. So it, it, it hasn't been, I think the thing is with, with, with bands, we, we, we stay out touring and do a lot of different things. And, and, um, you know, they just kind of come around. It's, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it, 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 there wasn't, there wasn't any really good story behind it. No, <laughs> just one of those things. It's funny because... Yeah, I didn't run into them over frozen pizzas at Whole Foods or something, and we said, wow, we should do this. <laughs> um, it's funny because a lot of bands these days are doing, like, the team-up. Um, like, I know Coheed and Cambria are going to be playing with Take Back Sunday, and uh, I just did... Uh, um, an interview a few weeks ago with with another band. You know, it seems like it seems like the team up is a popular um, you know uh, thing that's happening with a lot of you know bands that kind of emerged out of the '90s. Well, that's something that's been going on. I mean, they're, they're, the original rock shows in the '50s were usually eight bands. Mm -hmm. uh, by the '60s, they got down to about four bands. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're It's it's always been. It's been more the exception that, that, that bands would go out uh, just on their own since marketing and uh, and technology and, and uh, has, has allowed for that. So it's really not – I don't really even see it as a trend. I think it's something that, that bands do in the summer. In my entire career, it has been unthinkable for a band below the level of, you know, like Lady Gaga at her – yeah. at her height, uh, to, to go out uh, in something that wasn't a package. So yeah. it's just what you do. I mean, basically, I've done a couple of summers where I've actually gone out and just toured myself, and it was at the behest of everyone I worked with. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, like, it's sort of compulsory. There's almost no story in that one. But, yeah, I mean, we, we're going out, and, um, and I, I prefer not to. I'm very – very picky about going out with bands from my era. Yeah. I don't want to go out. Um, I don't want to go out like a fucking heritage act, uh, <laughs> team, 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 teaming up with, uh, you know, with uh, with with the guys to relive the magic and sure. the good old days. I'm not into that. In fact, you know, I, I would have probably toured this summer with a bass and drums, mm -hmm. but by going out with with Cake, it's kind of like. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do something different. Like I said, I'm going to I'm going to continue on into the future if we're going to do this together. So, uh, so yeah, I've got a bass harmonica player who's the bassist mm -hmm. and uh, a, a cello, a guitar, and a cocktail drum set. So Very it's, cool. it's going to be a little unusual. Very cool. So, I mean, uh, who decides? You know, who goes on first? Uh, you know, who who you know all that stuff. Is there is there well, something? I, I, 
I mean, I insisted on, on going on first because um, um, I, I'm, you know, cake is going out in a, uh, in a um, Coliseum ready gotcha. format. You know, they're going out there in that way and they, this is what they do period. And so I'm, I'm thinking that that's the best way to end the night. I wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah. Uh, so take me, take me back a little bit. Um, one of the things that always kind of, you know, struck me, um, you know, was when you made the shift from being Ben Folds five to just Ben Folds. And I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but I mean, you know, to me, it's kind of funny because your, your name is in the moniker to begin with. So, um, well, it was, it was, you know, it was a band. Um, and, you know, all bands are some some bands are one person with yeah. a band name. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Nine Inch Nails or something. Yeah. Um, and then some, you know, some some are one guy's name, but it's so obviously a band. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. Ours was somewhere in between, but it was enough. You know, Ben Falls Five is enough of a band that. Um, uh, that it needed to be recognized, you know, as a name. And when I continued without the two guys, Robert Darren, the bass drummer, are absolute artists in their own yeah. right. And, um, you know, so I, when I continued, I needed to take that off of it and retire that jersey. That makes sense. Um, what can fans kind of expect in terms of a set list for, for this tour? Um, you know, are you going to be arranging uh, the solo stuff? Are you going to be doing Ben Folds 5 stuff? Like, what's uh, what, what can fans can expect? Um, almost without exception, I go out on tour, I play anything and everything that mm-hmm. I've written. So, um, that's kind of what, I mean, I, I, I never concentrate on one era, even with a new album. Um, I, I've, I've mostly still run, run the gamut. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in how my songs age actually. Like yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't really tire them. I think they kind of subtly reinvent themselves Mm -hmm. Um, i don't feel that i have to play anything specific um there are some people of of an older generation who would think that i had to play brick i don't really play it that often yeah people who came on board like around the rock in the suburbs time which is now kind of old school they don't really think about the song brick that much because they're on another they're on another plane, so they're confused when someone uh, <laughs> uh, thinks that that needs to be played. So it's kind of, it's not, you know, it's, it's awesome, but the, 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 the era, uh, it's now what, what I feel like I've earned, I can go out and play anything. Uh, it doesn't matter, but I, I do like to play a span of, of my, uh, of my material. That's the, that's the quickest way to answer that is, is from, the beginning to now is what I play. Well, it's funny you mentioned, and, it's, and, and I'm a big fan of segues. Uh, it segues really great into my next question, which was, you know, you do kind of span two decades in a, in a way. I mean, I remember listening to you uh-huh. in college in the 90s, um, and then you kind of had, with the Rockin' in the Suburbs, you know, that's a mid-2000s, you know, you, you kind of had a, a, a resurgence there. I mean, do you, what's the, what's the attendance like uh, age-wise in your, in your, in your group, in your crowd when you go and, and how does well, that kind of all over the shop because I do a lot of orchestra work yeah and uh, that is a different fan base altogether yeah I mean that is becoming its own thing and that can actually go down to quite young as well mm-hmm. um, it's just all over the shop you know like it's not um, I don't feel my career is, has been dependent or even welcome in the mainstream for most of my career yeah so uh, I'm not in a club. Um, I don't get the approval of 
of mainstream magazines or television mm-hmm. or radio or anything like that. And at the same time, there's nothing weird about what I do. Sure. So I don't sit in that place like Tom Waits or somewhere. I was like, oh, he's not mainstream. He's not experimental. Then it's like, well, my music's normal. You know, there's nothing weird about it at all. It's yeah, fairly yeah. accessible stuff. Uh, so if it's not in the mainstream, maybe it's not very good. But then it turns out it's pretty good, too. So the whole, <laughs> it just puts me in a weird... I'm, I'm just in my own little category, which I enjoy. You know, that's what I've asked for. And, and it's a lonely spot. <laughs> but that's what I do. So I look out and I see, you know, I, I see fucking... 13 15 year old kids i see college kids i see uh uh people my age yeah. and people up to 75 or 80 years old i've seen in the audience now so it's just all over the shop yeah wow so it, it was mentioned uh you you run a master class before shows um what what exactly yeah. is that and and what you know how does that work well this is you know it's 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 a um we'll call it a glorified question and answer discussion session uh you know which is actually what it is but it's a discussion about uh music uh the uh the attendees are uh are uh welcome to run the discussion have questions things they want to talk about we there was there was a a a period of time where where our main uh focus was uh the national endowment for the arts okay uh, because the uh, you know the, the the funding was threatened with the new political wave last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. Uh, and it always is. So so it's good for people to know about people who did that. But and and, and there have been school teachers. I've brought in local school teachers uh, to talk music, the things that I would have wanted when I was appreciated. My favorite songwriters to have reported on where they were. You know, yeah. like, like, what's it like after you've been touring for that? Like, like, what? How did you do that? Like, how yeah. did that work out? And and disappointments and the and the uh, the um, the train wrecks yeah. that you're selling. But I think it's important for people who are struggling to realize that it's not going to get much struggling. And I think that's actually inspiring. Yeah, I, it's what I've been working on in my book. Like, I'm I'm, I'm writing a book. It comes out in 2019, and uh, and a lot of it does touch on some of the stuff that people are interested in from these classes. Well, it's funny you're mentioning you're, you're writing a new book. Um, you know, the last, you know, music that, that your bibliography kind of has is from 2015. Is there new music coming out? Is there, you know, Ben Folds music? Is there anything that you're working on? Or, or is the album kind of a, a you know, kind of dead to you in a way? I mean, it's for a lot of artists, it's, it's not, it's not as interesting to do an album because it's also not as profitable. Well, that's the thing. I think more than it's not profitable because they've never been that profitable, even for the uh, uh, even for the real successful artists. It's mm-hmm. a little. It, it's 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 a it's a it's a fairly well kept secret that the album itself is not a profitable thing. It mm-hmm. generates other profitable things. Yeah. Um, but I think the the thing about uh, you know one comment I would have about the music business and the and the uh, uh, sort of the starving out of the. Uh, genre of mm-hmm. the album or the the institution of the album is, is is the utter unavailability of funds to make one with. Yeah, and with technology, you can make them cheap, mm-hmm. but you can make a certain kind of record cheap. Yeah, and uh, I'm not as inspired to uh, uh, to 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 try to dig up uh, 
dig up a bunch of funds from somewhere, call in a bunch of favors, Pro Tools the living fuck out of the music mm -hmm. in order to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, that's not terribly inspiring to me. So I see all these other things that are, you know, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the uh, artistic advisor to the uh, to the uh, uh, National Symphony Orchestra and Kennedy Center for the next, I guess I got another year left on my contract. Mm -hmm. And I, I spend a lot of my time doing that. So orchestrating and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and working with orchestras. And I've found that inspiring. Yeah. Uh, I haven't found the idea of making the record as inspiring, but um, I'm going to make one. That said, uh, I've got too many tunes and things running around in my head. Yeah. You know, what kind of pop culture are you consuming these days? Are you into the Marvel movies, the DC movies, or are you into any of this stuff that's going on? Um, not really, no. Yeah. I mean, um, I've never really thrived on on that. Probably the closest I get to pop culture and entertainment is the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Which is, you know, it's just, it, it, that's its own thing, and yeah. it's probably a pretty shameful thing to admit. Um, but no, I've never really been like, you know, people, have, I'll be seated in a van with a lot of people who are consuming all the great stuff, you know, like, you know, TV shows and, yeah. and uh, uh, movies and comics and books. And I'm not really on the same wavelengths with, with any of that. I wish I was. I, I never had anything to talk about um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because, because of that. Um, yeah, you know, like, I think podcasts are great. I, uh, I, I, I think that's actually a really, a really, um, that's a, that's that's a great thing. Like it's a good thing that you do it. That's it's a great thing that's that's done. You know. Yeah, it's it's fun actually. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a writer by trade, so the podcasting uh, was an extension of that, and it's just a chance to kind of talk about things and discuss things. So it's kind of cool. What do you what do you do like when you have time off? I mean, what's what's keep what's occupying your time then? I don't have it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. That. I really don't. I mean, that's that's of my own. That's that's my that's. It's my fault, uh, but but uh, yeah, but I don't have it. Like no no violence or anything for me. But I don't have. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Cool. Well, uh, have a terrific show. If I can, if I can make it down there, I will. If I can make a recommendation, love Alice Childress and love song for the dump. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you break those two okay. out there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. And Thank uh, good 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 luck with the kids and. Uh, and, 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 and so many years you'll 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 be the guy that says, Well, I don't really keep up with pop <laughs> This is true. This All is right, true. Well, have fun with that. Thanks very much, Ben. <laughs> All right, man, see you. Take care. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Again, we talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. An amalgam of comic book movies. That's comic book movie culture. Ooh, ooh. Oh. Hassan, Hassan. What, what? Comic book movie culture. Ooh. That's a game changer. That's a game changer for everything we do. All right, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the racks. Spin the racks. Spin the racks. Game of Thrones fans, 
slash critics petition Benioff and Weiss not to ruin Star Wars. <laughs> Thousands of critics of the just-ended final season of Game of Thrones have signed petitions to keep its two showrunners from making the next Star Wars film as planned. This is from NewYorkPost.com. Putting the Game of Thrones writers in charge of Star Wars is not only a controversial decision, but a mistake. Plain and simple reads one petition on change.org, which had been signed by nearly 12,000 people by Saturday night. Meanwhile, a similar petition, this one on thepetitionsite.com, was nearing its goal of 6,000 signatures. Like many Game of Thrones fans, I was dismayed at how the last season was written. It felt rushed and sloppy. But now I'm really worried because I just learned the next Star Wars movie will be made by the same people. <laughs> Disney announced earlier this month it will produce three more Star Wars films, which will reach theaters starting in 2022 with Benioff and, Rice, uh, Benioff and Weiss writing and producing. No, I'm hungry. I want rice. <laughs> Do, do we all just got too much free time? I want bending off and, and rice. It's, it sounds like a wonderful meal. Like, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the priciest one. That's yeah, the priciest yes, one. yes, that is like uh, uh, like you know, uh, I don't know, steak tartare. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Be stroking off. Um, yeah. Look, um, fandom is a fandom is a shit show. <laughs> Fandom is a fandom is a, is a terrible clown show. It really is. It's a terrible experience. It's what we were talking about about meta. Yeah. And and people not being people deciding that because I didn't get what I want, I could just do it. Re, you know, I could I could have it done over again instead of not liking the the the, the way a story took a turn or not liking changes. I just think people are so used to that. Yeah, pressing that undo button. That it's just it's just part of your culture now at this point. I think as a, yeah, it's funny, and it's, yeah. it's detrimental because they're trying to apply it to art, and it's not going to fit with art. Yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, and this is a terrible thing for you people to learn. Artists, excuse me. Here, here, here comes another bad word. Artists don't give a shit about your opinions, really. <laughs> and um, yeah, I already and I pre-announced it. You don't have to bing it when I pre-announce it. No, no, no. We bing it. We bing all. No, we bing all. No. Your bing is not a bing. It's just you saying bing. <laughs> yeah, you want to apply a sound effect to it, that would be funnier. But you just saying bing doesn't work. But anyway, no, no, no it doesn't. But anyway, I'll add that in post. <laughs> what a waste of this is a whole waste of discussion. Um, <laughs> the bottom line is that the bells and uh, the Iron Throne, the last yeah. two episodes, are yeah. the highest rated. TV shows in HBO history. Right. And that's all they care about. That's all yep. the studios care about. That's all Disney cares about. It's how much money they brought in with their product. Now, as far as creatively, we can question some of the, the creative decisions they made as right. creative. As far as, um, as, far as uh, book lovers and, and as, as pertaining to adaptations, it's arguable that they made great adaptations until they ran out of material and then they made poor adaptations or they made poor interpretations after the fact. Mm -hmm. It's all that stuff. As part pertains to casual fans, the season sucked. You know, people didn't yeah. like it. But here's the, here's the point. As pertains to the people who matter, who mm -hmm. are people who are spending money, they had the highest rated, greatest show on earth all the way up to their last episode. Right. There was not a ratings drop off. There was not a. There was not a prescription. A, a no, no jump the shark moment. No, that, that set it people. Not, from, yeah, 
this the series is a barnstorming success right pertaining to everybody else so much so that in in uh, in the rumor mill because we don't have confirmation of all of them yet all right. and there's so much so that in the rumor mill there's five spin-off shows right right so i mean and, and one of them that we know for fact is actually filming who knows what we'll be able to see it or not that'll, that'll all depend on the way the fates turn out we but keep saying this cares about these partic- nobody cares about the 16,000 20,000 no. even 1 million if 18 million people or 19 yeah. million people saw the last episode of game of thrones and 1 million five mm-hmm. signed a petition to have the season redone you're you're under you're done you know that your your numbers are minuscule your numbers are non-existent to these people and I don't understand. I it's like a you know a fan revolt, and you know, and they had the one victory they think yeah. of Solo. They they believe they've tanked Solo. Right. They're still talking in the in the in the kinetosphere <laughs> that they have that they have tanked Solo. That the protests work. The the boycotts work. Right. And it, and there's so many metrics that 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 uh, that can go to this the the the, the failed success of Solo. That you can't even base it on any one thing. It's right. probably a perfect storm of many things. Right. The fact that the last blockbuster billion dollar Star Wars movie was only six months prior. Right. So it just didn't work. So, and, and I mean, look, in, in any other normal movie, Solo would be a success. It's just not right, a right, right. Star Wars movie. So, I mean, these people have failed. They fail every time and they just won't stop. This is their own way of like, you know, of, of pulling a temper tantrum. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm sorry. Look at look at uh, look at Captain Marvel. There are literally hundreds, five hundred at last count videos on how Captain Marvel will tank because of the controversy beyond uh, Brie Larson. It won't do well. It'd be it'd be the MCU's first flop. It won't you know it won't be a good mm-hmm. movie. Anyway. I mean, like it's arguable whether the movie was good or not. We can have that discussion. I will have a very candid and honest discussion with you about whether I thought that movie was good or not. Mm-hmm. You can't argue it was a billion dollar movie. Marvel doesn't care whether a movie was good or not. They, they care that they made a billion dollars off of it. So I don't understand what these, I don't, I don't get what these people think they're uh, going to accomplish. The show's over. You didn't like the way it ended. I'm sorry. I didn't like the way Dexter ended or Lost or a number of other movies. I didn't try to, you know, I didn't, I didn't try to get the Finney Stones together so I could snap it all away. <laughs> it's not the way it happens. You know, we just move on and hope that the next thing meets our fancy. The bottom line is we just got another thumbs down on our YouTube page. Why? Because of that because of that rant? Because of you. Yeah, well good. Good. I, I you sometimes it's best to be known for your enemies. If those right people hate me for my opinion, I'm happy about it. <laughs> Next week, come back for more of those opinions as we do every week. Next week we talk Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> Godzilla? Did you just <laughs> No, no, I said Godzilla. You said the Godzilla. Godzilla? Which I would, uh, I would actually rather go see Godzilla. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a band name. We are also welcoming Jamie Tworkowski, who is of the Mental Health Comedy Tour. He's going to talk about his great uh, benefit be good. set of comedy uh, acts, including Joe Matarese, who's headlining it. Uh, it's touring the country right now. Important stuff. Awesome stuff. We will see you next week. Secrets of the Sun.